0: You have your Bibles open them with me and turn to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 and we're going to read verse 12. This is the angel speaking to Daniel. Then he continued, do not be afraid Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Prayer and fasting, when you couple fasting together with prayer, it doesn't only change you, it doesn't only change us, but it also provokes a response from God. Because Daniel, look what the the angel says, that since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself, your words were heard, and I have come in response. Had he not taken the time to pray, there would have been no response, but Daniel Humbled himself. He he dug in. He said I need an answer. I must have an answer and what happened There was a response into his decision to dig in in prayer To not take no for an answer say I am gonna fast and pray until I figure this out and That's why we're doing what we're doing in a time of fasting and prayer where We're going deeper with the Lord we're silencing our flesh We're putting aside the things of the flesh and we're saying, Lord, here I am. I am looking for a response to this. I am looking for a breakthrough to this. You know, if you're watching here at the end of the broadcast, I'm going to take some time to pray for whatever various requests that you might have, because I believe that it's extremely important that in a time of a broadcast, because when we come and have a prayer service in church, um, you know, obviously you're not getting up and saying, I have this request. I have this request. So, so this is a format in which you can let me know what your requests are. And then we're going to join our faith together with you. And because there is power in our prayers, what does it say in the book of James that the prayers of a righteous man or righteous people availeth much. There is power in our prayers, especially when we join together and pray of uh, like-minded and like spirit and joining our faith and saying, we're like Daniel, I'm going to see a response to this. And an angel came in response to his prayer. So I'm going to talk to you tonight about three kinds of prayers that get God's attention. If you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, I encourage you um, to write down these three points. You like Everybody likes the purple. I like the purple too. I'm like Lydia in the Bible, you know, who made the purple. Um, I encourage you to take notes and, and take specific of these three points that I want to bring out tonight of these kinds of prayers that get God's attention. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, The prayer of desperation. Number one, the prayer of desperation. Turn to Matthew chapter 15. I want to show you a story in the Bible of perhaps the the, the most desperation that Jesus saw in a person or one of the most. And you find it in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite, a Canaanite woman from that mis- uh, vicinity came out to him crying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I want to point out a few things in this story, which I love. The first one is this woman was so desperate to see her daughter healed that it didn't matter that she was rejected like three times. She kept, (laughs) could you imagine, could you imagine what might happen today by a typical church person? Oh, did you hear what Jesus said to me? First of all, he ignored me. His disciples told me I was annoying. Then he called me a dog. Could you believe it? Well, that's it. I'm never going to that church again. I'm never speaking to that guy again. I'm never talking to that minister again. That probably would have been... (laughs) it's my it's my inspiration against the fence too because because that probably would have been the response of so many people how dare he speak to me that way how did you know i I just came here all i'm looking is for an answer to prayer and that's how he treats me and they would you know she would have walked off in a huff but that's not what happened first of all he ignored her then what happened she cake what did the disciples say jesus send her away she keeps crying after us which means she she kept so she was bothering jesus and bothering the disciple please help me i need help she was so desperate have you ever been desperate for anything you know if, if i think about my most desperate moments you, <laughs> see i'm being, i like to be fully transparent have you ever been on a road trip and um, you need to use the bathroom, and there's like no exits. (laughs) That's a level, if you've never experienced it, that is a level of desperation that is second to none. Um, And I've experienced it unfortunately way too many times. Um, That is desperation. And there is no moment in which you sit there and say, well, unfortunately there's no exit, so I guess I'm just gonna have to wait. Nope, no you figure out a way and I'm going to spare you from the many stories that I have of the times that happened to me, because that's a moment you don't even, it's like, you don't even see straight. You're like, you're desperate. You don't care what's going on. You don't care what's happening. You don't care who's in the car with you. It doesn't matter. There is a level of desperation that we need to have. When it comes to our prayers, when it comes to our requests, they say, I'm not taking no for an answer. I so desperately need this. You know, I just want to, let me finish with the story. Then I'm going to get to another one that I believe is a big problem that a lot of Christians tend to have. And they don't see their prayers answered. So Jesus ignored her. Then he finally answered. He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Well um she could have said all right well i tried no she wasn't done there she said again she came and she kneeled before him lord help me and then jesus answered again and said no i i'm not going to give what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs she could have walked away then but she didn't she said yes but even the crumbs that fall from the master's table The dogs can eat that. Jesus was in awe of her faith. Jesus, that's, so many times, Jesus ended up rebuking the people for their lack of faith. So I'm sure that for him, it was probably refreshing to see somebody who had so much faith that there was just such a sense of desperation that she wouldn't quit. She wouldn't give up. One of the worst attitudes that you can have is an attitude of apathy and complacency in which you just grow so accustomed to whatever it is that you're dealing with that it doesn't even phase you anymore. That it just becomes a part of who you are. I'm going to show you a story in the scripture where that happened. John chapter five. This is about the man uh, um, who was paralyzed at the pool of Bethesda. Let's pick it up in verse five. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? You know, it probably seemed like a funny question. This guy had been paralyzed for 38 years. That's, that's more than some of you watching have been alive. Fortunately, not longer than I've been alive, but close. You know, that's a long time. And not only that, but this, this guy, he was lying by this pool. Now, what happened in, the, in this pool of Bethesda is that when people would, an angel would come and would stir up the water. And when people went into the water, they would be healed. So, so you, it, it kind of seems like a silly question, doesn't it? That Jesus is there, sees this man by this pool that would provide healing. He's been paralyzed for 38 years. And Jesus comes to him and says, do you want to be made well? Kind of like a, 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 a kind of a silly question. It's probably, probably thinking the people around probably like this guy. Like you think this guy doesn't want to get well? He hasn't walked for 38 years. But there's a reason why Jesus was asking. Because what was about to follow was a little bit of excuse making. Verse 7, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while i am trying to get in someone else goes down ahead of me so first he's saying that he doesn't have help and second he says well people um you know keep going in ahead of me you want to know why because those people were desperate so desperate to push crippled people out of the way so that they can get their place in the water so that they can be healed but this guy says he doesn't have help as well you know people come in my way and I, I can't get in and that's why jesus asked because it wasn't clear and there's a lot of people you might be listening and say that's crazy i couldn't imagine anyone who's been sick for a long time or anyone who's been dealing with with a, a struggle for a long time that wouldn't be desperate in order to see a breakthrough but that's the case for a lot of people because you've just grown so used to it and it becomes a part of who you are do you know that when this man get got healed do you know what that meant for him means he had to get up and get a job and it was probably a lot easier to sit begging and people give him money and they feel sorry for him but look what happens in the story verse 8 then jesus said to him get up pick up your mat and walk at once the man was cured he picked up his mat and walked so in this story you see a lack of desperation from somebody, who all they were doing was making excuses. And how many times do you hear that from people? You know, nothing ever works out for me. And you know, just things are, are, things are really difficult for me. And you know, I, I, don't, I don't have the same advantages of, of other people. And that's a victim mentality. Friends, I want you to write something down in your notes you right, i'm not a victim i'm a victor through faith in jesus christ my lord that the moment that jesus rose from the dead and the veil in the temple was torn he took his place of triumph over the enemy and you carry that same victory that jesus gave to you he said i'm giving you the keys to the kingdom so there is never a moment in which you're a victim to anything that happens, but you have to come to a place where you're desperate and you're saying, Lord, I'll do anything. I don't care what it takes. Don't become, don't be a person who becomes in love with their infirmity. Don't be a person who becomes in love with their infirmity. It's just who you are It's your default response. Um, hey, Bob, how's it going? Well, you know, my, uh, my knee's been acting up, you know. You know you know how my knee is. Oh, yeah. And then, then you know, you'll feel sorry for them. And I know that's difficult for you. I know you have trouble moving around. Yeah, you know, it's been tough. You know, when the weather gets cold, it gets particularly bad. And really, the, your whole life is based around your infirmity. Your whole life is based around your struggle. Your whole life is based around something... That Jesus gave you the victory over, but for whatever reason you haven't taken, you need to receive by faith the answer for your prayer. And it starts with a desperation. It starts with being the opposite of the man at the pool of Bethesda and being like the Syrophoenician woman who said, Lord, I I don't care what you, what you say. I don't care whether you push me away, whether you walk by me, I will have an answer to my prayer and her faith was so great that jesus said your request is granted i'm telling you people get very used to and comfortable very comfortable in in whatever situation they're in you know people struggle for years 38 years 38 years you've been struggling with money now you know The bills are a little tight things are a little tight. We got to tighten the purse strings, you know Got to tighten the belt this month for 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 how long are you you keep doing that? Why? Because it's just easier sometimes to remain as you are than to dig in in prayer and say Lord Things are gonna change for me from this day And you know how I know about this because I used to be like that I used to be that man at the pool of Bethesda because I dealt with something that I used it as an excuse to, to be a, a, not a nice person. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going through something. Yeah, you're always going through something. Go- <laughs> Anyways. But the moment that I made a decision, and I said, I don't want this anymore. Lord, you're going to take it from me because I know that this doesn't belong to me. Healing belongs to me. Life belongs to me mental clarity belongs to me peace belongs to me hope belongs to me joy belongs to me anxiety and depression does not belong to me and i was changed from that very moment and never the same again but i tell you it's just easy to stay where you're at it's easy to remain where you are it's easy to just to just say well uh, you know it it, it's not working out for me i'm gonna you know I, I don't know, maybe next time, maybe another time, maybe I'm going to wait. How many times do you hear people say, well, I'm going to wait until like um, an evangelist comes in. I'm going to re- wait for a revival service. You know that I've heard people say that? We have, can I just tell you, just about every service or most services, you have an opportunity to come and be prayed for, especially Friday nights. I feel like Friday nights, it's very rare that a Friday night would go by and you don't have an opportunity to receive prayer. But what, what happens to a lot of people? They stay in their seats. Well, I'm going to wait for like, uh, you know, for uh, uh, Jonathan Shuttlesworth to come but when he comes, then he's going to pray for me and then I'll get you. Okay. Or even worse. Well, where were you Friday? We had a great altar call. Well, you know, I was tired from my week. You know, it was really tiring and uh, I just wanted to rest. Okay. Then you're not going to receive. Because if, you, if what's more important to you is to sit on your couch and rest than to come and receive from the Lord, then don't expect a response because there's no desperation there. You, you, claim to, you claim, oh yeah, I really want to see an answer to my prayer, but what are you doing to bring that about? What are you doing to see a response? What are you doing? Are you acting like this woman who refused to quit? And that brings me to point number two. So number one was the prayer of desperation and number two, the prayer of persistence. That though they're similar, they're not exactly the same. Turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse 2. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I can just stop there and that's good enough, but I'll keep going. But just write that in your notes. Always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they will get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Boy, there's a lot to unpack from there. Could you imagine if this widow would have just said, you know what? This guy, he's, he, he's not a nice man. Um, you know, he's not going to do anything for me. I'm not really going to bother. She would have not received justice. But what did the judge say? Because she keeps bothering me. Because she keeps bothering me she's gonna wear me out friends. Do your prayers? Do you think your prayers wear out the ears of God? Or do you just pray something one time and you're like man? Well, that didn't work I I I don't know. It's a question to ask yourself. Don't don't answer in the comments, but it's a question to end It's a question to ask yourself Are my prayers wearing out the ears of God are my prayers getting to a point where God says man this person means business they're serious about this this is what i like to see because what does jesus say at the end will the son of man find faith on the earth Mm. so what is that saying that he's looking for something he's looking for faith and faith is something that never quits it never gives up it never stops believing you know you prayed for one day You might wear yourself out. I feel like the widow was probably like, man, I gotta go to this judge again Like I'm annoyed at myself <laughs> But by the way, you know what the best part about this is there was an answer. She didn't have to ask forever So if you're out there thinking man, you know, I, I so what I'll never get an answer. No, not at all She got she she got exactly what she asked for why because she was persistent because she did what jesus said pray and don't give up that was his instruction put that write that all over write that everywhere pray and don't give up pray and don't give up and it worked out for them persistence turn to luke chapter 11 Luke chapter 11, verse five. So this is right after Jesus is instructing the disciples on how to pray. Look what he says in verse five. He said, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to him and I have nothing to set before him. I'll tell you this, if you come to my house at midnight, you know that baseball bat that I that I keep around yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't come to my house at midnight if I were you (laughs) you 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 could go hungry for a few hours and I'll give you the bread in the morning then the one inside answers don't bother me that feel like that's I'm telling you that's me the door is already locked and my children are in bed with me I can't get I can't get up and give you anything I tell you though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now the the word boldness there in the original language means persistence. That's what that word means. So in other words, Jesus is saying just because we're friends, I'm not going to give you the bread, but I will give you the bread. If you annoy me enough, I will give you the bread. If you persist enough, that's what Jesus is saying. Verse 9 So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know what I love? There's so much, that, that verse 13 there, there's so much in there. But you want to know what's, what I love the most about it? Of the, of the Father giving the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit is an empowerment on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit brings you to another level. The Holy Spirit gives you boldness. The Holy Spirit gives you confidence. The Holy Spirit gives you strength. The Holy Spirit intercedes on behalf of us to answer our prayers. There's so much there. And that's what will happen if we're persistent. Let's be people who don't quit. Who don't give up. We don't pray for five minutes and like, well, I'm tired now. I'm going to go back to watching TV. You could do that, but then don't expect to receive an answer. And also it's not even just being persistent. It's being persistent coupled together with faith because you could be persistent and have absolutely no faith and it won't make a difference. You could pray for 10 hours a day, but if you don't actually believe that your prayer is going to be answered, you may as well not do it. So that persistence has to come in with the belief That yes, I am going to have my prayers answered today. Number two, persistence. And that brings me into number three, confidence. Confidence. Turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is the story of David and Goliath. And I want to show you the kind of confidence that is needed when we come to God with our persistent prayers. 1st uh, Samuel 17 let's pick, uh, pick it up uh, let's go to 36 I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time verse 36 so this is David speaking to Saul your servant has killed both the lion and the bear this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion And the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord will be with you. So first of all, what do we see? We see David saying, being defiant. Who Who is this man who is not in covenant with God? Who does he think he is trying to defy the armies of the living God? When he, when he called him an uncircumcised Philistine, it, it was insulting because they're basically saying, this guy's not in covenant with God. I'm in covenant with God. We're in covenant with God. How are we letting this guy uh, uh, threaten us? How are we letting this guy that has no promises, that has no covenant, that has no assurance of anything, and we're letting him stand and threaten us? And defy us? And we're going to cower away from this guy who doesn't even have the Lord on his side? And David's like, no way. And I know my God is going to come through. Just as he delivered me from the lion and the bear. So he's going to deliver me from the end of this Philistine. That's confidence. Because this, you know, David wasn't exactly a, a, a huge guy. He was so small that Saul's armor wouldn't fit on him. So it wasn't exactly like this, this, you know, in terms of size, it wasn't really close. But what David did have, and this is one of my my favorite truths, that God plus one is always the majority, that it doesn't matter how big you are, it doesn't matter whether you think you're, you're not good enough, or you think you're insignificant, if you have almighty God on your side, you cannot fail, and you cannot lose, and you won't, and that's the confidence that you must have in approaching God in prayer, in staring down the giant that you might be staring down. I don't know what it is that you have that you're facing. I don't know what Goliath might be in your way. But all I do know is that when you approach God with the same confidence, you'll see that giant fall. Let's continue reading 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's pick it up at 45. So now he's speaking to Goliath david said to the philistine you come against me with sword and spear and javelin but i come against you in the name of the lord almighty the god of the armies of israel whom you have defied this day the lord will hand you over to me and i'll strike you down and cut off your head I don't know what giant you need to cut their head off today, but you need to look them straight in the eye and say the Lord Almighty, the God of heaven's armies, will hand you over to me. Today, I will give your I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. That is confidence that you're staring down an army that in appearance looks to be stronger than you. But you're saying you can have an army of a million and you're still not stronger than the one who has God Almighty on his side. Is that how you pray? There's a giant that I'm, I've been praying about and looking to slay and um, I don't want to go into too much detail <laughs> but I have a, 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 a Okay, I'll put it I'll put it like as broadly as I could There's a little bit of a situation that I have with one of my neighbors and I was praying the other day and I looked at the wall because they they're they're unfortunately attached to my wall And I literally said exactly what David said. Who (laughs) I literally called them. Not that they heard me, but I called them anyways. Who are these uncircumcised Philistines? That's what I literally said. That's what I literally said. Because I look at what the word of God says and how things were handled. And I'm saying that's exactly how I'm going to do it. Because I believe that exactly how. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, you know what? That's one thing we're going to pray about. We're going to pray about neighbors today. We're going to pray about neighbors today. That's going to be one of the things. Because Ro mentioned that she's having an issue as well. Um, that, hey, I'm going to tell you. That, that That's a giant that I believe is going to be slayed today. I really believe it. Because I'm going to tell you. Because do, do you know that when you're having trouble in situations like that, it's designed to rob you of your peace? Uh, when your home should be a place of peace, it's designed to rob you of that. And I'm like, I'm I'm not having it. I, I I'm not having it. And we're gonna pray about that today. One of the things we're gonna pray about. <laughs> oh, verse forty-seven. I wanna read it again. Bring them a gift. Well, <sighs> uh, I feel like I feel like I know some people who would bring a gift, but it's not a good kind. Um. <laughs> see this is why i didn't want to give too many details because i have a lot of i have a lot of great people on my side Um, but i only need the lord verse 47 all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the lord says for the battle is the lord's a bible that's a good idea pina unfortunately they don't speak a word of english so my communication with them is tough so that's part of the problem I feel like my husband seems to believe there might be something lost in translation. Um, unfortunately. But anyways, um <laughs> The battle is the Lord's. Is that what Yeah, I'm 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 binding, yeah, believe me, I'm I'm do- am <laughs> I'm all I'm all over this giant, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Um Yeah, you're right, Pina, that's true. I'm gonna put it in their mailbox um i'm gonna put i'm gonna tape it to their door um but i'm believing for a breakthrough for that and, and it seems like a few of you have have some similar issues we're gonna pray about that but the battle is the lord's you, you see the confidence that david spoke with like th- think about this the confidence that he came here with this little guy with a slingshot this little guy with 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 Nothing. He, what did he He wasn't wearing armor. He had no sword. He had no spear. He had no shield. He had a slingshot. With, with some stones in his pocket. That's what he had. But you know what he had that the giant did not have? Do you know what he had that the Philistine army did not have? He had the Lord God Almighty on his side. That's what he had. And he was able to speak with confidence and say, I don't care what you say to me. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how threatening you look. I don't care about any of that. Because my God will deliver me into your hands today. And that's what happened. Verse 50, so David triumphed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone, without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. And that's what I believe is going to happen today for what you're believing for and praying for. If you come with a confidence, do you know how much the Lord loves to be believed why, why do you think Jesus spent so much time rebuking people? Oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of, of unbelief. He always, he, he came in on that very hard. Because like I said, you could be as desperate and, and, and persistent as you want. But if you don't believe, if you don't come in with the confidence that says, I know my God will deliver me. I know I will have an answer to my prayer. I know that this is going to happen the way that I believe it will. I want to read one more scripture before we pray. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. This is another story where we see a very strong sense of faith. The story is called the faith of the centurion. When Jesus had entered Capernaum. A centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion said, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Well, that, it blew Jesus away. That blows me away. That somebody would come in with such faith to say you don't even you don't need to come and you don't need to move you don't need to do anything all you need to do is just say the word and my servant will be healed <laughs> he, he says in verse 9 for i myself I'm, I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me i tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes i say to my servant do this and he does it listen to what verse 10 says when jesus heard this he was astonished and said to those following him i tell you the truth i have not found anyone in israel with such great faith i say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast of abraham isaac and jacob in the kingdom of heaven but the subjects of the kingdom Will be thrown outside into darkness where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth verse 13 Then jesus said to the centurion go And it will be done just as you believed it would And his servant was healed at that very hour jesus was astonished by his faith Boy, that's would you not want jesus to say that of you then i'm astonished by the kind of faith that this person has. Let me look at some names here. I'm astonished at Pina's faith. I'm astonished at Rose's faith. I'm astonished at Nicole's faith. I, I want that to be said of me. That I'm astonished. at the, I've, I don't see faith like this. This is unusual faith. Like Nicole said, crazy faith. I'm not used to seeing this. I'm used to seeing people. Who barely believe. I'm used to seeing people. Who don't dig in. I'm used to seeing people. Who give up. After one time. That's right. It's true Alex. He's like Jesus was like wow this guy. This guy gets it. Friends when you're watching me today. Are you one of the people who get it? Do you realize and understand. The God that we serve. Do you know him? Do you know who he is? Do you know that he's somebody who wants to answer your prayer? Just like Jesus said, how much more? If you are evil, give good gifts to your kids. Will your father in heaven not give to you? Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you shall find. So those three things. Desperation, prayers of desperation. Prayers of persistence and prayers of confidence. You know, before we pray today, you'll notice in specifically the story of David and Goliath. I pointed out the fact that David was indignant at the fact that this this person who was not in covenant with God was seemingly having some kind of victory over the people who were in covenant with God, over God's people. You know, there is special rights and privileges that come along with being a child of God, that come along with being in covenant with God. And the first thing that needs to happen is that you need to come into right relationship with Jesus Christ. So before we pray for all the various requests that we're going to pray about tonight, I want to ask a question to those who are watching me. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you acknowledged him as your Lord and Savior? Have you come into right relationship with him? Let me tell you a bit about what Jesus did. Jesus laid down his life. He became sin for us. He took on the curse of our sins so that we could be free. So that we can now have access to God the Father. So that we have the ability to pray, Father in Jesus' name. David didn't have that ability. He still won the battle. And he didn't have the, there was no Holy Spirit poured out yet. He couldn't pray in in Jesus' name. But we can. How much more so should we have that confidence when we come to the Lord? So I want to pray with you tonight. If you're watching me, there's a lot of people watching. And I don't know everybody who's on here. Or you might be watching later or listening to the podcast later do you know jesus christ as your lord and savior have you made a decision to follow jesus if you haven't i want to pray a prayer with you you know when jesus was talking about how he never saw faith like the centurion in all of israel and there are people who should be in heaven but they end up being in hell hell is a real place it's not a, an imaginary thing it's not something that, um, you know, that, that Christians make up as a way to try to control people's behavior. Cause I've, I've heard stuff like that. Nope. Hell is a real place. And just like Jesus described it, it's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I don't want anyone to go there. Any the, the, of all the people who are watching me and will watch later. I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to end up there. I want you to spend eternity in heaven with me and with all the wonderful people who are here. And most importantly, with Jesus and with God, our father. So I'm going to pray a prayer with you. The reason why we do this is because there's a lot of people who have never prayed. You've never prayed. You you don't know how to pray. And so this is just the way that we help you. Because the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. So pray this prayer out loud. And it also says that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're watching me saying, man, I've done a lot of bad stuff. I don't know that I'm worthy. I have good news for you. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So pray this prayer out loud out of your mouth. Say, Father, I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and my Savior. I choose to follow you and not turn back. Thank you that I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please message this account and let us know because we're going to send you a gift, the best gift we can send you. The first best gift is getting saved. Second best gift, getting a Bible sent to you. So if you're, if you were watching this broadcast and you prayed that prayer, please message this account and let us know. And if you did pray that prayer, welcome to the family of God.